We'll go to chapter 3, and then we'll read a few verses out of chapter 4. I want to speak today on choosing your influencers. Choose your influencers. Who influences you? Drug companies influence customers through those commercials. You ever watch a new show or some program at night, and it seems like every commercial is about a new drug that you can't pronounce, <laughs> and it's going gonna, it's gonna to make your life better, and and no doubt some of those have some value, but those commercials are influencing you to ask your doctor, hey, prescribe this drug for me. I think this is the one I need. And it also, those drug commercials also influences those, the, the news media, stay off our back. We're paying you big money to advertise, so don't say anything bad about our pills. <laughs> and you knew that, didn't you? And you may read books for your health. Uh, if you're trying to lose weight, you may be reading a book or listening to a podcast that tells you nutritionally and by physical exercise how you can lose weight. And so you're influenced. You adopt some of those, those ideas and you use them to see if they'll work or not. Lobbyists go to Congress and they try to influence those lawmakers to make laws that they want or to cause them to refrain from passing laws that they don't want. Lobbyists are influencers big time and a lot of the laws that we have to obey are because of the influencers who influenced Congress. Parents try to influence their children, don't you? Sometimes it works. Preachers try to influence their congregation and once in a while that works. Friends try to wield influence over their friends to gain a little bit of control. Social media has professional influencers to promote ideas, fads, fashions, ideas of all sorts, influencers all around us. The top 20 influencers on social media, I just read this uh, on a site I googled and so if you go to different sites you may see different outcomes of who the top social media influencers are but they they are professional they make money that's their livelihood they make money making TikTok videos or Facebook reels or uh, some kind of Instagram intrusion into your attention to try to get you to do something or buy something, purchase something, or to buy into their idea. They are professional influencers. The top 20, among the top 20, I'm not going to read all of them to you because I can't pronounce a lot of their names and never heard of them before, but some of you might have. Uh, you've probably heard of Justin Bieber. He's, the, he's in the top 20 of the influencers. Uh, Kim Kardashian is in the top 20. Ellen DeGeneres, Snoop Dogg, and... Lady Gaga among the others, and so they are the top influencers. You know what that means, that they have the top influence over our social culture and the way your kids look and act and dress and the way the culture around you that you see on the street, that is largely due to the influencers, the kind of music they listen to, the kind of clothing they wear, the kind of ideas they have, whether they believe in capitalism or communism or whether they, whether they believe in God or whether they believe in evolution or whether they believe in the Lord Jesus, all hinges on what 
the influencers are saying at large. Now, maybe they don't have as much influence on you, but they do on the society around you. I see their influence on the faces and apparel and lingo of people I preach to on a regular basis. In the modern, this is, this is a quote from this Google site where I found about the influencers. In the modern digital world, social media reach is power. Power. Here's another quote. While older generations have had to adapt to social media platforms, younger generations have grown up alongside them. As a measure of cultural importance, this gives Generation X and Millennials and Gen Z a rare leg up on older generations. So who's doing the influencing? And how are they influencing us? And what's happening because of it? If you look around you just as you go into town and into stores and, and uh, stop at the gas station and you see people and hear their music, see the way they act and, and the attitude they have towards you, it may be largely because of who's influenced them. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Let's read our text. You may have, what does that got to do with Esther? Did they have Instagram and uh, did they have Facebook in Esther's day? No, but they had influencers. Let's read Esther chapter 3, verse number 8. Now, before we start, let me just give you a, a little context. The, uh, the Jews have, re they have uh, some of them have returned to their homeland in Israel. Some are still in, uh, in exile. And so Haman and the king uh, Xerxes and Mordecai and Esther are some people that's still in another land. They're not in their home, not in Israel. And so Esther becomes, through a series of unusual events, Esther, a Jew, becomes queen of Ahasuerus. And uh, that's where we begin in verse number 8. And Haman said unto king Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad, dispersed among the people in all thy provinces, all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all the people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the Jews' enemy. Now chapter 4. Verse number 7. And Mordecai, this is Esther's uncle, Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him uh, and of the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. Also he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her. And charge her that she should go unto the king and make supplication unto him and to make request before him for her people. Now, in that same chapter of 4, verse 13. Verse 13, Then Mordecai commanded Esther 
Think not thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether hold thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So we see several characters here. Both uh, You've got Esther who is a Jew unbeknownst to the king. Uh, who married her because of her beauty. She had won a beauty contest, and so she, she gets to be the king's wife. She becomes a queen. And Mordecai now, he's outside, he's outside the palace. Esther's inside the palace. They're separated. They don't get to communicate much except by messengers. And so Haman, the bad guy, who wants to see the, jo- the, the Jews destroyed because he hates Mordecai. Mordecai won't bow down to him uh, because the Jews knew they shouldn't bow to anybody but God. And so Mordecai wouldn't bow down to Haman. Haman hated him and wanted to destroy not just him, but all of the Jews in the land where they were exiled to. And so when Mordecai learns about this, he sends word to the palace to Esther and says, hey, there's a plan by Haman, one of the king's right-hand men, to destroy all the Jews on a certain day. And if you don't go before the king and plead for us, we're going we're gonna to perish. And so at first she says, sends a message back, said, well, you know, I can't just walk into the king's presence. I mean, even though I'm the queen, I can't, nobody else can either just walk in and say, hey, here's what I need you to do, king, old boy. <laughs> uh, you got you to gotta be accepted by him. If I just walk in there without being invited, I could be away with because wives are cheap in those days and you could just pick another that's how he got Esther in the first place and so she said I can't just walk in there and tell him this Mordecai writes back a message to her sends a message to her and uh, and it says kind of Esther if you don't talk to the king all of your brethren the Jews including me your uncle we're going to die And Esther, don't forget, you're a Jew too. And you're going to die when they find out. And then Mordecai makes that famous statement that we've heard so many times. You may have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Haman was an influencer. Mordecai was an influencer. The king was an influencer. Esther was an influencer but didn't realize her influential power until Mordecai laid it on the line and said, look, you're either going to influence the king or we're going to die. That's about as serious as it gets right there. Well, let's pray and get on with our topic today. Father, I pray that you'd bless us, help us to understand the principles of Scripture, how it applies to our lives and the power of the influencers around us. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would influence us this morning as we look into your precious word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Choose your influencers. Let's turn to the scriptures and see if there's some guidelines to help us to know who should we allow to influence our lives. First thing I want you to notice is to understand the nature of influence. Understanding the nature of influence. Let's kind of define it a little bit. Influence is the capacity to affect the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. It is the power, listen to this, it is the power to shape opinions, 
beliefs and actions. You know that's true, don't you? Proverbs 13, 20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I, I would submit to you in our text that we read this morning that if, if the Jews had not stood up for themselves and they were delivered because of the influence exerted by Mordecai upon Esther and then Esther upon the king, they were saved eventually. And it's a life and death situation. But if they had chosen to remain silent and not be concerned about the other influencers, the companion of fools would have certainly been destroyed. This verse highlights the impact of our associations, who we allow to speak into our ears, the things that shape our opinions and our lives. One of our daughters in kindergarten, she'd die if she knew I was telling you this. She's in Tennessee, so I don't care. <laughs> when she was in kindergarten, she was in a class where there was one little girl in there that had some learning disabilities, and that little girl was really out of control. And, but the teacher was trying to teach and minister to that little girl the same as the other kids, and and that little girl, at times, that little girl, because of her disabilities and lack of understanding, she would scream and scream, and, and she'd climb up on the table where they were sitting trying to work, and she'd climb up on the table and stomp her feet and yell and scream. Well, the teacher called us up one day and said, Angela, our daughter, Angela's climbing up on the table like this little girl is and doing the same thing she's doing. And Angela didn't have learning disabilities. She's smart. <laughs> but she was affected, influenced by whom she was associated with. And so she was doing things she would have never done had she not been there. By the way, that's the reason why we need some kind of controls in our nursery. And we won't have controls in the nursery. Your kids learn from the other nursery kids. <laughs> and if parents don't teach their children at home, then the nursery is going to be a zoo. I just threw that in there. That doesn't cost you anything. For, that's free. <laughs> Angela, today, because we, when the teacher called us, we had a very serious talk with our Angela. And after that talk, she never climbed up on that table and stomped her feet and screamed again like that other little girl. Today, Angela's a very sweet woman. She's raised three kids to adulthood. Her and her husband have been faithful uh, to attend church all these years and still attends church and lives for the Lord and loves the Lord today. What if that influence had not been changed. Our text shows Esther stepping into a position where her influence would be valuable. She had the position where she could exert influence that Mordecai couldn't directly cause, nor any of the other Jews. Mordecai had influence with Esther, who in turn then would exert that influence on the king and eventually save their people. As followers of Christ, we're called to let our influence be such that it causes 
the glory of God to shine through. Matthew chapter 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Our influence should reflect the light of Christ. And so you and I who have some influence, and everybody's got influence, friend. you got influence with somebody. Some people have more influence with more people, with bigger groups of people, but everybody has some influence. And we are to let our light so shine that we bring glory to him, not to the culture around us and those influencers like Haman who would seek our destruction. Years ago, the communist government in China commissioned an author to write the biography of Hudson Taylor and to show Hudson Taylor in such a bad light that the Chinese would reject the great Christian missionary Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor was a great guy, and he saw a lot of people saved, but the Chinese communist government didn't like the, didn't like the background of Hudson Taylor, and because they were communists, they tried to erase erase his history and his doings among their people. So this writer was commissioned to write something, a hit piece against Hudson Taylor. But as the researcher, author, began to gather information about Hudson Taylor, he saw what a wonderful Christian man he was. He saw that through Hudson Taylor's ministry, People came to know Christ as Savior and their lives were changed and blessed. And as a result of studying for the wrong purpose, but because he studied Hudson Taylor, he himself fell on his knees and accepted Christ as Savior at the risk of losing his own life in communist China. The power of influence. You say, I'm not a Hudson Taylor. I can't influence that many people. But we can Control who influences us, and we can control how we influence that little group around us. Influence. Choose your influencers. So how difficult is it then to recognize whether some influencer is helping me or hurting me? Well, let's talk about discerning positive and negative influence. Positive influence leads others toward righteousness truth, and love from the Lord. Positive influence leads people closer to God. Does that make sense? Who wouldn't want that? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Now watch this in chapter 11. It goes right into chapter 11, verse 1. Be ye followers, Paul, the apostle Paul says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Be ye followers, do you want... What Paul was saying, the Apostle Paul said, look, I'm following Jesus and I'm trying to get you folks saved over here. And so as, as I try to demonstrate Christ in my life, I want you to follow me as closely as you can so I can bring you to Christ. And so there's influencers. Christ is an influencer. How does he influence? He influences through his word. He influences through his his preachers. He influences through his missionaries. He influences through his teachers. He influences through the testimonies of Christians all over the world. He influences. 
Paul encourages the Corinthians to imitate him as he imitates Christ. All that we do and say should have the aim of bringing glory to God. If you're looking at who's influencing you, ask yourself the question, if I listen to them, are they going to cause me to be closer to the Lord or to drift away? Well, that's positive influence. My life shall touch a dozen lives before this day is done. Leave countless marks for good or ill, ere sets the evening sun. This is the wish I always wish, the prayer I always pray. Lord, may my life help others live lives it touches by the way. Then there's negative influence. Thank God for the positive influence. And we all have the option of giving positive influence and we all have the option of listening to positive influence. What about the negative influence? Well, in our text that we read in, uh, in Esther, we see negative influence exponentially in Haman, the wicked Haman. I mean, he wasn't just seeking the destruction of Mordecai. He wanted all the Jews to be exterminated. Boy, that's happened a lot over the centuries, hasn't it? When you hear somebody start talking badly about the Jews, you better watch out. There's some influence going on there. And I think it finds its roots all the way back to the devil. Haman was a deceiver, ate up with ambition and jealousy. And a lot of influencers have ambition that's way too big for their own good. Amnon had a friend. Amnon fell in love with his half-sister, Tamar, and he wanted, to, he wanted to rape her, and so he had a friend, Jonadab, and Jonadab laid out a plan how Amnon could carry this dirty deed out. He was influenced. If you have evil thoughts, you can find somebody that will side with you. And not only will they side with you, they'll show you how to do it. Amnon had a friend. Boy, that's a whole message in itself. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications. That's not just talking about the speech, although it includes it. It's talking about the, the course of our daily routine with others. What we surround ourselves with, the music we listen to, the TV we watch, the podcasts we listen to, the books we read, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Those influencers are out there and they all have their own motives, some good, some bad. We have to be able to discern the difference. I mean, back when I was growing up, we didn't have all these other influencers that were so instantly, digitally, Available. I mean, we had billboards. <laughs> You're driving down the highway. Going through, going through uh, New Mexico, Zach, one time, I saw Dairy Queen billboards, one after the other, with chili dogs on them. Man, was I craving chili dogs. <laughs> Influencers. Yesterday, to show you how evil works, my son Aaron showed me a picture. The Mighty Rib is one of his... One of, his restaurant, uh, what do they call those guys that go to restaurants and taste stuff? And, huh? Yeah, they critique. Yeah. Uh, there's a term I was trying to search for. But 
Anyway, the mighty rib goes to all these restaurants and takes pictures of the food, tastes of it, and reports on it. And, uh, and so Aaron showed me late yesterday afternoon a picture from the mighty rib, picture of this foot-long chili dog. I mean, it's got chili piled up on it. It's got slaw on it. You can see mustard oozing out from under it. It's got cheese on it. I mean, this thing is a super dog. I mean, <laughs> this thing looks great. And the mighty rib influenced Aaron to like that picture. Aaron showed me the picture and influenced me. Guess what I had for supper last night? <laughs> well, who said chili dogs weren't good for you? You know, I, I just I hate it when people say this food, that food's bad for you when, it's, when it really doesn't measure up. Everybody knows chili dogs is super health food. It makes you good looking. I eat it all the time. <laughs> Being exposed to podcasts, Facebook, Google search, articles, uh, books, TikTok, YouTube, and friends. We have influencers coming at us from every direction. But what we need to do is back off. Look, we need to back off and look at the nature of this thing that we're listening to. See, you may be listening to somebody who's shaping your life and you don't know it. And they may be shaping your life in the wrong direction. And you're gradually drifting further and further. Let me, let me say this. If the people you are listening to are pulling you further away, they got more criticism for the preacher. They got more criticism for the church. They got more criticism for Christianity. They got more criticism for believers than they do for the sinner than what is going on. Hey, look, nobody wants to go around. <coughs> Nobody's right with God. Excuse me. Nobody's right with God wants to go around condemning people for their lifestyle. But that doesn't mean, and we can love people, it doesn't mean we have to begin to drift over and defend their sins. Are you listening to me? Listen real close. Ladies and gentlemen, it's happening at an alarming rate. I've been alive for 73 years and I've seen a lot of things. And you say, well, you're a geezer, you're a boomer. It's, look, I think boomers have got a lot of wisdom that some younger people need to listen to. Not all boomers have wisdom. Not all young people are influencing in the wrong direction. There's some good on both sides. But I'm just saying because of the new fangled digital world that we live in with all the influence that's coming at us, bombarding us suddenly and with immense weight and influence, we better be aware that as we listen to something, it might be not totally wrong. If, if you've got a podcast comes on, the guy says, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get you to believe in the devil today. You wouldn't listen to it. You wouldn't want to follow that. But what if he comes on and says, I'm a Christian, but then he's got a lot of ways he wants to pull you away from Christianity. Can I just tell you that, that there's a lot of traditions from Christianity that I've dumped in the past, but that doesn't mean every tradition from the past is bad. And there are some out there who want to tell you that every single tradition that your fathers and mothers and grandparents brought along, everything needs to be dumped. Not true. That is 
whether they realize it or not, that is exactly what the devil wants you to believe. Sometimes there's a judgment call. You may not know that that source of influence, whether it's really good or is it really bad, and some people got to have a verse, chapter and verse, for everything they believe. Show me a chapter and verse that says you shouldn't use heroin. It ain't there. Should you use heroin? I don't think so. There's not a chapter and verse. Parents can make rules for their family. They don't have to have a chapter and verse. You can just say, kids, we're, we're not going to wear shoes in the house. Well, I don't think you have to have a chapter and verse for that, but if that's a rule you want to make for your family, fine. Or if you want to have a rule that uh, you can't wear a coat in the house, well, I don't think the Bible addresses that. But if parents want to make that rule, then that's their privilege. Your employer may require certain things and doesn't have to have chapter and verse. They're the employer. They're the boss. They can make the rules, right? So I'm just saying, just because somebody doesn't produce a chapter and verse for something that's either good or bad doesn't mean that you ought to reject it. There is no chapter and verse for every single thing. That's a trick. Stop and ask yourself, are my influencers, if I listen to them and follow what their philosophy is and what their ideas are, if I follow that particular one, Am I going to love God more? Is my faith going to be increased? Am I going to be edified? Am I going to be influenced in a godly way? Or are they tearing down my faith? Huh? So you can be exposed to something over a period of time and you don't really know if it's hurting or helping unless you really investigate. That's why there's so many fad diets on the market. You can, you can do an Atkins diet, a paleo diet, a keto diet. You can do a modified diet. Each one of them addresses a different issue. One might be for weight loss. The other might be for uh, diabetes. Another might be for cardio. Each diet has its own plan. There's motives behind those. And so you don't know unless you investigate. There's some diets you can follow and it might kill you. And some diets may help you. You owe it to yourself to investigate and find out, is this going to make me healthy physically? Same thing goes spiritually. Who I listen to, is this giving me a spiritual diet or is this kind of making me anemic towards the Lord? There's, I'll give you a for instance. There's a social movement or there's movement among churches today. Uh, there's some churches that are standing tall and straight for social drinking. You know, well, the Bible's not against social drinking. After all, Jesus drunk wine, made wine. Well, we could go into a whole sermon on what kind of wine that was, but 
just for the sake of argument, ask yourself this question. Okay, if I social drink, is that, re- is that really going to make me closer to the Lord? Well, I'm closer to the Lord because I'm guzzling some booze now. I'm closer to the Lord than I've ever been. <laughs> huh? Or is being a teetotaler, is that really going to make you a worse Christian? <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty simple, doesn't it? And yet, there's people that will debate. Same thing on the modesty issue. Would stripping down in the summertime and exposing more skin, does that, does that make you a better Christian? Even if you can't agree on the scriptures about it, does it make you a better Christian or would it make you maybe a little bit more in the direction of losing some testimony? Let me give you this last one. Cultivating godly influence. First of all, walk in wisdom. Ephesians 4, 5, 14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. We're headed in that direction, ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be a rapture one of these days. Church is going to be lifted out. God's people are going to be gone. Tribulation will begin. And this world gets worse and worse. And it falls into a tragic tribulation according to prophecy. But it says leading up to that time there's going to be evil days that get worse and worse. So how do we keep from getting sucked up in this vortex of bad influence, bad influencers? John 15, 1 says, it teaches us that we ought to abide in Christ. Stick close to Christ. Stick as close as you can to the Lord. Ephesians, I'm sorry, John 15, 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husband. Husbandman, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Now let me stop there just for a minute. Sometimes the preaching, the Lord through the preaching of the word clips off, prunes some of your limbs. <laughs> it does me too. Do you know that every time I preach a sermon, I've already suffered because of it? <laughs> I've, already, I've heard it said that every time a preacher points his finger that way, he's got four more pointing back at him. And uh, I've said before that, that I have to go, get under conviction when I'm preparing a message. I have to face, come face to face with the principles that may say, Brooks, you're not doing so hot yourself. And so it's not like the preacher or the Christian or the parent or the teacher has everything all settled and all of his ducks in a row. We're trying to get things straightened out in our life, but we love you enough that we're trying to find some things that's going to help you and help us too. And Jesus said he'll do some pruning. And that means that sometimes you'll have something in your life that you want to hang on to, but Jesus knows it's not good for you to keep it, and so he takes the snippers and snip, snips that out of your life, and you go, ow! I didn't like that. I'm never going back to that church again. <laughs> wait, wait, if it was Jesus doing the snipping, it wasn't the preacher doing that at all. The Holy Spirit does have a ministry, and he speaks in our heart. And so, abide close to Christ. Let him purge you that you may bring forth more fruit. And then listen to what else he says. Verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Listen, it's not within us to bear fruit. It's not within us to be uh, attaining perfection. But the Lord Jesus works in us. He purges us. He clips us. He prunes us. And as the closer we abide, when he clips us, we ought to just draw closer to him and say, Lord, I needed that. I needed that. Show me what else needs to be clipped off. I'm going to stick it out. Abide in him. Don't turn against Christ or his word or the ministry because it does a little clipping once in a while. Abide in him and don't let the worldly influencers persuade you. Let me sum it up with one phrase. When you're in question, take the high road. When in question, just take the high road. You'll always be safe that way. Our society seems to have reached critical mass. I mean, there was a time a few years back, a few decades back, when even non-church goers still respected the Bible and the Lord and the things of God. They might not have been saved, but those values had been instilled in them from generations past. We have come not just to the plateau, but we have started down the backside. Our culture is fading fast. Our world is fading fast. And it won't be long, I don't think, until the Lord comes back. And here's, here's something to keep in mind. The Bible prophesied, predicted that society was going downhill. The culture is going downhill. But that doesn't mean you and I have to grasp onto its coattails and be led downhill with it. We who are believers ought to say, I'm taking my stand to higher ground. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, proud, boasters, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. That's what the scripture says. Who all, when you discover an influencer who's got a little bit of arsenic mixed in with whatever good he's trying to feed you, just remember that arsenic is still deadly. 2 Timothy 4, 3 says, For they, the time will come. Now remember, we're talking about the prophecy that God himself gave. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall, be turned, they shall turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus and by the gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in your mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a great falling away first. The great falling away. If we're not there, I'll be surprised. 
I'm not predicting. I'm not setting dates. I'm just saying if we are not living in those last days, some generation will be living in those days when everything has gone downhill and you can't, you can't see anything much around you in society that's going to be good. The love of many, Jesus said, will wax cold. And I, if I'm guessing, I'm guessing we're in those days. When everything, see, before the tribulation starts, before the rapture happens and the tribulation starts, before the coming of Christ, there has to come what the Bible calls a great falling away first. The influencers, for the most part, Read the top 20. <laughs> the influencers, for the most part, are influencing you in the wrong direction. Thank God there's still some good voices out there, but not all. And we better be discerning of what's good and what's bad. Be careful who you listen to. Even those of us who are conservative, we can hear some really bad stuff coming at us from other conservative voices. Because not everybody's a believer. Not everybody's sold out to the Lord. Stay close to those who want to gather you close to the Lord. If you listen to those who have more criticism for the things of God than they do for the good things, you better steer clear because they're leading you in the wrong way. There are people who are lost today. People who are headed for a devil's hell who have been influenced to believe all the negative things that's been said about Christianity. I pray that the Lord would set a gatekeeper before my lips that I wouldn't criticize you or you or you or you or any, anybody else out there that names the name of Christ, that my criticism wouldn't cause you to be led further from the Lord. Influencers. You can influence those who listen to you and they do watch you parents they do watch you Sunday school teachers, preachers nursery workers youth workers everybody, they watch us and we ought to always take the high road never the low road let's pray together Father I pray that you'd bless us I pray that you'd help those who do not know Jesus Christ as Savior to make a decision right now to turn their ears away from those who would lead them away from Jesus Christ and they would turn their face toward Him as He locks His eyes upon them and upon their soul. And Lord, I pray that they would say in their heart, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe that You died for my sins. I don't want to go to hell. I'm receiving You. I'm trusting You. I'm accepting You. I'm placing my faith in You today as my Savior. And Lord, I pray for the Christians who have been listening to voices and reading and reading books, articles, looking at pictures, thinking about things that are actually leading them away from where they once stood. I pray that you'd help them to realize that the voices of those who love the Lord and trying to bring them closer to the Lord are the ones that they should listen to more than the ones who lead them away. Pray we'd make a decision to be the right kind of influencer and to choose the right kind of influencers in our own lives.